there, and welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Sky And we are newlyweds who like to shoot shit about movies. That we do, that we do. So, uh, this is our second Christmas episode. Very exciting. It is, it Scotty, is. Scotty, what movie have you got me to watch today? So, I got you to watch the Christmas classic, Scrooged. Ah. Yes. Yes. Uh starring Bill Murray, released in 1988. It was quite interesting, <laughs> to say the least. It is another telling of the classic Scrooge tale. Yes. As far as fun facts go, this movie was directed by Richard Donner, who also directed several TV shows in the 60s and 70s, including, I think, six episodes of The Twilight Zone. So... That's interesting right there. Uh, he also directed Superman, Superman 2, The Goonies, Lethal Weapon. Yes. So he's 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 well uh, well versed in the movie scene. Oh yeah. And I guess very well versed in the television scene too, because this movie takes place on a TV set in studio station. Yeah. yeah. This movie was written by Mitch Glazer and Mike O'Donoghue. Mitch Glazer well, both of these guys have worked with Bill Murray a lot. Uh, Michael O'Donoghue is most known as a writer for SNL okay. for a, a while. And then Mitch Glazer, he worked on uh, Bill Murray's recent Christmas special. I think it came out like a couple years ago. On the Very Merry Christmas. Yeah. Sad excuse for a Christmas special. Starting to seem to me more like a Christmas, as in what a mess. We have George Clooney. I rest my case. You saw Monuments Men? I was in it. You were so good in that. You were great. Which was also interesting, if you've never seen it. kind of It's very Bill Murray. Like the Bill Murray that you think of now when you think of Bill Murray. It's very that. Yeah. It's- and I don't know how else to describe it. But Bill Murray, this movie, for him, it was like his first starring role after Ghostbusters. So I think it's pretty obvious watching this movie that they were banking on bill murray kind of steering this ship oh yeah because he's literally pretty much the only character that's like at all characterized in any way shape or form and he does kind of helm this movie on his shoulders basically by himself there are some interesting side characters but for the most part it seems pretty clear that they were banking on bill murray being bill murray and that being enough and i would say that it is it is however I think they were banking on Bill Murray being Bill Murray, but then everything else was just kind of like, like I told Scott several times throughout watching this movie, it feels like a fever dream. And I guess that makes sense because I mean, the whole movie is kind of like teetering between reality and like not reality. Yeah. There's there's this point. One of the craziest parts about this movie is it's a Scrooge movie, so it's Bill Murray is our Ebenezer Scrooge character, mm-hmm. but he's also running a studio that's filming a live version of the Scrooge story. Story, yeah. so it's very like meta in a way. Yeah, you're like, oh, what's actually going on at this point? Yeah, it's it's weird, but I I will say that I was thoroughly entertained. Are you not entertained? 
Is this not why you were here? Yes, it is. So, it is very funny. While I don't see it as like my favorite Christmas movie, although I feel like to say favorite Christmas movie, it relies a lot on nostalgia for that kind of thing. Yeah, probably. Because, you know, a lot of times Christmas movies, you kind of grow up with them and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And so, I, you know, it makes sense because Scott liked It's a Wonderful Life, but I don't see him being like, oh my God, it's the best Christmas movie ever. No. And I would say the same thing about this movie, although I did find it thoroughly entertaining. This is a lot funnier than It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. A couple other fun facts. I do have a fun Christmas story for this. Okay. Uh, behind this movie. So, according to IMDb, filming for this movie began in December of 87. Okay. And Donner wanted to give, like, the production crew off for Christmas Day, but the studio refused. They're like, no, make money. We we want you to make this movie so we can make money. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds familiar. So then, Donner... Did a little, a little trickstery, trick, trickery. He said at the end of the day on Christmas Eve to his crew, you're all fucking fired. You're uh, Nice. And then rehired them two days later. There we go. <laughs> giving everyone off for the holiday, which I thought was really cool. That's good. I was like, you know what? Yeah, fuck the patriarchy. Give your fucking crew off on Christmas. Well, it's funny because it's also a point in this movie, but we'll get there. And another connection this has, this movie has to just regular Christmas like pop culture. Guess who did the score for this? Oh, uh, it was Danny Elfman. Yes, who also did the score for Nightmare Before Christmas and all like the music and basically everything for Nightmare Before Christmas. What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? <laughs> so. But I anyway, I thought that was a Thanksgiving movie, Frankie. Okay. It's, you know, <laughs> Christmas is the title, okay? So, I mean. But it's a nightmare before Christmas. Since when are you on my side about Nightmare Before Christmas? I've never been on anybody's side for Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, what do you consider it? think it really has a designation well fine <laughs> just sit there on that fence post why don't you i will <laughs> okay and also just one last fun fact before we get to the nitty and the gritty this movie was nominated for an oscar ah was, mm-hmm. was which it? i thought was interesting was it bill murray no no it was nominated for a more technical oscar it was nominated for best makeup and it lost to what do you think in if you had to guess. 1988? Yes. So what what heavily makeup movies were made in late 80s? A little Beetlejuice in Espanol. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. Lost to Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which makes sense because even though yeah. I haven't seen Beetlejuice. <gasps> um, which apparently is a, a, a very heavy cinematic sin. Well, no. Right I... up there with never seeing Rocky. <gasps> well, that, yes, that Which, is. Which, by the way, haven't seen Rocky either. <laughs> well, okay. I know. What kind of cinephile am I? I understand. No, that's not even that. Beetlejuice, because I've known you since you were 13. Yeah. I know what type of kid you were, the teen you were. What are you trying to say? We were both emo kids at some point. You were not. When were you an emo kid? Okay. Was I was, I had an emo face, to be fair. 
You were never, you'd never had Nemo phase, you jock motherfucker. <laughs> okay. You're on the football team. It means nothing. It does. You were a jock. <laughs> I wasn't really a jock. You were a jock and I was a nerd. Also... You were not an emo kid. Jock, nerd, theater kid. I listened, I listened to emo music. I did it all. You were not an emo kid. Hate to break it to you, kid. Well, you were not an emo kid. As by my Spotify songs of the bands of the decade, Linkin Park is on there and they are considered emo. <laughs> That's all I hear. Anyway. But, um, yeah, so I'm always interested in the, the Oscar-y, the awards that movies are awarded. I find that interesting. It's funny that they were nominated for makeup. Yeah. Because I didn't... Because, they, I, you know, I was expecting, when I read that, I was expecting a large... I mean, there is some characters that have uh, oh, yeah, some the ghosts heavy and makeup. Stuff. A lot of the ghosties in this, in this movie have some makeup. But uh, it, it didn't seem that prominent. Be Oscar worthy, I suppose. I guess that's why they didn't win. Yeah. But <laughs> and lost um, the Beetlejuice. Speaking of Oscars, I'm very ready for the Oscars this year. Yeah. I feel like uh, there's a lot of good movies out there right now, and it's going to be an interesting season. We will be having an Oscar special. Well, we'll I think we're going to do an episode when the nominations come out, and then an actual like, yes. show special, which will be fun. Yes, uh, we have a guest already lined up for that. To talk. Oh yes, we're very excited. Yeah. Anywho, so yeah, I think that that's all the fun facts I have for right now. So if you if you want to start getting into the nitty gritty here, we yeah. can get right into it. Yeah, we can get into the nitty gritty. Uh, one thing I do want to say, I believe the first person who showed me this movie was my stepfather, Stephen Crowley. Ah. Which is actually not shocking. Makes sense. Because <laughs> I know him. That makes sense. He's one of those people who likes the weird, crazy humor, humor at times. Humor. Humor. Uh, and... This movie was right up his alley. I think he showed it to me when I was like seven years, seven, eight years old. Mm. Interesting. So, there's your shout out, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, like I said, I, I definitely did enjoy this movie, but it's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But the whole screwed story itself is a weird story. I mean, true. This is just because I feel like the meta this makes this even weirder, though. So, we begin. With elves in Santa's uh, house in yeah, workshop in the north. In the north. <laughs> in the north. Well. And suddenly they're attacked. Yeah, that was so <laughs> weird. I'm like, okay, oh, we're in Santa's workshop. I was like, are we watching the Santa Claus? <laughs> when you put on the suit, you fell subject to the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus? What does that mean? It means you put on the suit, you're the big guy. Ha! What's going on Just here? Tim Allen's right there. <laughs> And his beard just keeps growing. <laughs> and he keeps getting fatter, no matter how much he runs on the treadmill. That movie is problematic. I don't know why. I watched it as an adult, like, maybe last year for Christmas, I think we watched it. And I was like, oh, I remember this being good, and it's not great. <laughs> uh, that, and also, uh, I remember this. I remember the second one where, like, oh, there's this new clause. You have to get married. Yeah, it's weird. Like, the things you kind of let go as a kid when you're watching things is kind of weird but anyway yeah so yeah the uh, santa's in his workshop with his elves preparing for christmas and then suddenly the six million dollar man approaches it's lee majors well lee majors it's lee majors oh. the six million dollar band santa is there a back way out of this place 
course there is, Lee, but this is one Santa that's going out the front door. 7 o'clock, Psycho sees Santa's workshop. Eat this. And only Lee Majors can stop them. The night the reindeer die. Uh, comes to save Santa Claus because terrorists are attacking Santa Claus. Because, you know, terrorists. fuck Santa. <laughs> So Lee Majors breaks in and he goes, I'll save you, Santa. The world can't live without the Santa Claus. And there's a movie, The Year of How the Santa Claus, but I'll let that one go, too. <laughs> so Lee Majors, it's, it turns out it's a commercial. It's a Yes, it's a promo for an upcoming Christmas special on this network that Bill Murray, who plays Frank, owns. Yes. And at this point, I just want to know, I just want to mention, like, before this movie... Like I said, this is Bill Murray's first starring role since Ghostbusters, but, like, before making this movie, before he was tapped, I think by Richard Donner, I assume. Yeah, probably. Um, he was living in Paris and, like, questioning whether or not he even wanted to do acting anymore, and this was his first thing back, so... That seems to be Bill Murray's M.O., and, Yeah, he kind of just, like, goes away for a while and then comes comes back with a vengeance. And then he does, like, a movie that's, like, a little weird, a little odd. Yeah. Like... Lost in Translation, for uh, example. The Life Aquatic of Steve Zhao. I think it's Zizou. Zizou, Zizou, probably. Something. But, uh, yes, that's also a weird fucking movie. I'm gonna fight you, Steve. You never say, I'm gonna fight you, Steve. You just smile and act natural, and then you sucker punch him. Yeah, yeah. He does, he does a lot of weird movies. The most recent thing, um... Dead Don't Die, I think is what it's called. Yeah, that had like a cast that was very crazy. Very with Adam Driver. And very weird. I don't know. Yeah. He's got a very eclectic uh, filmography. He does. And he didn't want to do Ghostbusters play forever. Paid. Do you want to guess how much he was paid for this? How much he was So, so this is right after Ghostbusters. Yeah. A million dollars. Higher? Lower? Higher. Three million. Higher. Seven million. Lower. Okay. Five. Six million. Okay. <laughs> Which is uh, pretty damn good, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. But I, I mean, again, this movie basically rests totally on his shoulders for the most part. He carries it Oh yeah, he, uh, pretty heavily. There is, as much as the other side characters are, they're good little side characters, mm. they, they are side characters to a T. Yeah, it's like, it's not like, because there are a lot of iterations of um, Scrooge. Scrooge. Uh, the most the, the most prominent one I can think of, and this might sound stupid, but like Muppet Christmas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was the greediest man alive. It's Ebenezer Scrooge. Until the night he met someone extraordinary. Hello. But even like even if you do like the Disney one, the like animated Disney one, like it's it's very like an ensemble. It's not really like the in the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's not really the Michael Caine show. It's kind of like. Well, the Muppet Show yeah. with Michael Caine well, and Scrooge-esque Well, yeah, also because Kermit is... Uh, Bob Cratchit. Bob Cratchit. There's no Bob Cratchit in this movie. Well, yes, there is. Grace is. Grace, his assistant, played by Alfred Woodard, uh, is... I, I guess you could call her the Bob Cratchit. Is the Bob Cratchit because she has a little boy who's That's true. Tiny Tim in uh, this scenario. Well, I mean, they never call him that, but it's implied. Well, we also have Mary Lou Rep as Tiny Tim. We don't. So we go through these commercials. Yes, we go through the promos. And there's a bunch of random little ones. They're all kind of funny. They all have weird, funny names about yes. Christmas stuff. And uh, Bill Murray, playing Frank, is not impressed. 
he's not impressed. He goes, show me the Scrooge promo. Right. And so now they go through the Scrooge promo. It seems like a basic Scrooge promo. You have the old man reading the book about Ebenezer Scrooge mm. going, bah, humbug. These urchins are bothering me. And then he gets visited <laughs> by free ghosts, blah, blah, blah. Fun. Frank goes, well, that was boring. Fuck this. I have a promo for Scrooge. And then they <laughs> cue it up and it's like, like end times, like, explosions and murder and, murder and he's like guns and blood and he basically goes we have to reconnect with what made us great in our childhood see scrooge it could be your life this whole like starting scene is it's really funny but it's it's very uh emblematic of bill murray and his like kind of star power i think going into this because he essentially is carrying this whole scene through and making it work with his, like, crazy, like, screaming and yelling at the staff, and, like, he sees all the promos and he hates them all, and he's like, now I'm gonna have to kill all of you. <laughs> we have spent $40 million on a live TV show. You guys have got an ad with America's favorite old fart reading a book in front of a fireplace. Now... I have to kill all of you. Well, this is, the thing about Bill Murray, one of the great things is, even if you look at, like, Peter Venkman, Peter Venkman, uh -huh. who is arguably, I'd say, Bill Murray's most famous role, let's say. Sure. Or uh, it's up there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Venkman's kind of a dick. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's lovable because he's so funny, but he's a dick. And that's basically what he is in this movie. He's a lovable, funny dick. <laughs> that's... And those are his best roles, is when he's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's accurate, I think. And he plays it great here. Oh, yeah, he does. He actually looks like... The first, like, opening, like, shot of him, it reminded me of, like, the guy from Truman Show. Like, the, the head guy that's, like, running everything. He's, like, very, like, ominous and, like, a little, like, scary. But also, like, after he starts talking, it's, like, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> And one of the points uh, when he was, because uh, I love this line, when uh, the board is like talking about the original Scrooge trailer and they go, oh, children love an acrobat because <laughs> Perry Loretton is supposed to be playing Tiny Tim. Yeah. And I, the second I saw that, I'm like, but Tiny Tim's a boy. But like, yeah, no, Tiny Tim's a boy. Also, he's, and he's crippled. Not a world class gymnast. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, like, what the fuck? But anyway. So, but I just love the children love an acrobat. But um, yeah, the, the tone in this movie, too, is weird. Like, it's it's funny, but it's almost, it's almost like a black comedy. Oh, it is. It is definitely. For sure. Like, it's not like a straight comedy. It's, it's funny in how, like, dark and fucked up it is at times. Yeah, so, Bill Murray's, like, has already decided he's playing his dark explosion trailer apocalyptic scrooge trailer so he's gonna play that trailer he, he sends the board to go out he's like you know put it on tv like every hour blah 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 yeah he we find out also at this point he's the youngest president in network history mm -hmm. and then uh bill murray is approached by elliot who is played by bobcat goldthwaite who if you don't know who that is he's like the most annoying voice comedian in all of creation <laughs> i know him from police academy three i believe god okay <laughs> i think it's either three or two it's one of the two of them but yeah he's got that yeah ah, 
I'll play you. I'll play you a clip of his voice. He he played Pain in uh, Hercules. Oh shit, that's right. He did play Pain in Hercules. So if anything, we can use a clip from that, and that'll be self-sufficient. <laughs> I can't believe this guy. I throw everything I've got at him, and it doesn't even. What are those? Um, I don't know. I, I thought they looked kind of dashing. But so Bobcat Goldwaite comes up to him and goes. This is crazy. The, the other trailer works fine. We but, don't, you know, just in a much more irritating voice. <laughs> yeah, basically. And Bill Murray goes, "Oh, well, thank you. I didn't. I we haven't gotten this feedback before. Oh yes, I'll he take plays, it under consideration." Yeah, he plays nice and then goes to and he sends him away and then he goes to Grace. He goes his assistant Grace and says, "Fire, fire the, him." The, he's fired. Tell security to empty his desk and escort him off the premises. And Grace is like, but it's the day before Christmas. He's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so Ellie gets fired and we walk up to Bill Murray's office with Bill Murray and Grace. Oh, yes. And uh, Grace is like, okay, so what do you want to get your employees? And she's going through the list and he's like, towel, towel, get him a towel, get her a towel, 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 fuck everybody, just get him a towel. He's a fucking millionaire and he's getting everybody towels. Yes. And then she goes, uh, what about your brother? And he's like, a uh, towel. And she's like, your only brother. <laughs> you got him a shower curtain last year. Like, fuck you. <laughs> and then she's like, what about my bonus this year? And he's like, get yourself a hand towel, too. I'm <laughs> like, oh, no. Yeah, he he's a horrible person. He's actually watching Elliot get thrown out from oh, yeah. a telescope yeah. in his office. He's a cunt, <laughs> essentially. So, in comes... Bill Murray's boss. Preston. Something. Yes, Preston. Played by Robert Mitchum, who's been in the business like forever, since like the 40s or 50s. Like, he's yeah. a guy that's been in a lot of stuff. So Preston comes up. He's walking with Bill Murray. He goes, Bill, I need to, because I'm not going to say Bill, I'm going to tell you something. How many cats are in America? Oh, God, this is so stupid. <laughs> and he goes, I don't know. I don't have those numbers offhand. He goes, like, two million. How many dogs are in America? Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> Mass hysteria. Yeah, that's what he should have said. Imagine. Oh, no, God, it would be it's great. A terrible crossover. Uh, he basically is saying that cats and dogs eventually will be viewing television. Because, so we yeah. should start... Putting little animals in TV shows randomly. Like a squirrel, mice. So the, the animals will be engaged in, uh, in the television show. programming. <laughs> it's, it's the dumbest thing ever. And it makes no sense. But it's funny because there's always the joke that executives have these crazy ideas. Yeah. And it's a crazy freaking idea. And then we also, in this scene, meet this random guy from California. Oh, yes. This guy named Bryce. Yeah. Who the boss, the boss Preston really kind of likes. And Bryce is kind of like his butt boy, basically. Yeah. But we meet him. He's played by John Glover, who plays the Riddler in the Batman animated series. And you can tell by looking at him, he looks like he could play the Riddler. <laughs> so, John Glover also uh-huh. is Lionel Luther in Smallville. Ah, okay. He is Lex's father in Smallville. A lot older then, because this... Right. Like, this one was made in the late 80s, and Smallville was like... 2000. 2000 so 20 years sense. later. So, yeah. So, he plays just like the basically like shitting and grin, kiss-ass like guy. Yeah. Who, who, you, who, who Bill Murray automatically goes, this guy's trying to take yeah, my like, job. fuck this guy. 
So Bill Murray goes in, yells at Grace, to be like, we have to find out about this guy. And Grace is like, no, I have to bring my son to the doctor. And he's like, no, bitch, you're staying here with me. Ha 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 It's Christmas Eve. But, <laughs> but in the same breath, Bill Murray's brother is has come to the office to talk to Bill Murray. Yes, and he is played by John Murray, who's actual real-life Bill Murray's brother. Oh, that makes sense. I think is funny. That's actually very clever by them. Yeah. And he's very he's a very sweet character. Yeah, he's he's a sweet. He's just like the sweet little brother and he's like, "Hey, why don't you come to my Christmas party?" And Bill Murray's like, "Eh, no, I'm busy." Uh, <laughs> I'm busy. I, I have an award show to go to that he really doesn't want to go to. Yeah. So, Literally when he goes to the award show, he leaves the award that he gets in the taxi cab on his way back to the office and he doesn't give a fuck. Well, yeah, he is that. He also uh during he leaves the award in the taxi cab. He steals a woman's the woman's cab. This old woman who's oh yeah, like a whole bunch cab. of gifts and like she's an old like little old lady and he's like ah oh, so look over there and then steals her cab <laughs> and she's like you go to hell you bastard oh my god so Bill Murray has shown no shit he is a dick through and through yes yeah, so late night he's in the office Grace has finally gone home to be with her family yeah uh and he's in the office when suddenly. He hears crazy fucking noises everywhere. Yep. And uh, he ends up pulling out a gun out of his desk because he's scared and thinks someone's breaking in. And lo and behold, who enters? Uh, the first ghost, who is his old boss from the TV studio, who died a couple of years ago. I think yes. seven years ago. Uh, he is played by, uh, well, he's in heavy makeup, so it's hard to tell, but he's played by John Forsyth. This is uh, Lou. And he is... Uh, and he was the original Charlie on the Charlie's Angels TV show. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yes. His, his name is Lee Hayward. Lou Hayward. Lou Hayward. Sorry, I can't. I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, That's because you don't write well. Uh, I write chicken scratch. You do. Anyway. But so Lou. So Hay- he shows up and tells uh, Frank what. He tells Frank that he's basically going to be visited by three ghosts, and he has he should invest in people, not things, because. When he, he he died, he just became worm food and no one gave a shit. Right. And he's like, you still can change, blah, blah, blah. And Bill Murray's like, oh, but uh, you were the greatest executive to ever live. You invented the miniseries, blah, blah, And then he, weird shit happens. He grabs him by the throat. Right. And faces him through the window. Yeah. And his arm starts ripping off because Bill Murray's on his arm. And so Lou <laughs> Hayward's arm rips off. Bill Murray falls, and it looks like he's going to die. But then he falls right back into his office. And then this part I don't understand. When he falls back into his office, his phone is, like, magically, like, dialing a number. Yes. And it's, we find out, it's to his his ex-girlfriend, Claire, Claire, who's played by Karen Allen, who was Marion in Indiana Jones. Yes, she was. The queen, the only fucking female in the Indiana Jones series, that doesn't suck. That's very true. I, I, just, I can't deny that fact. Indiana Jones. Always knew someday you'd come walking back through my door. I never doubted that. Something made it inevitable. So what are you doing here in Nepal? I need one of the pieces your father collected. I learned to hate you in the last 10 years. But yeah, she's, she's Frank's ex-girlfriend. Yes. 
and she's very sweet. So, but for some reason, he the, the phone magically calls her. Yes. Well, um, because in when we learn this from flashbacks later on, like at this point, it's not really the spine well, but she's the only person that made him somewhat of a good person. Ah. Well, yes, that's true. So when she left, he fully bought into this asshole form of himself. Yeah, and when it's funny because, like, they say, he says on the phone call, because he leaves her a message, that they haven't, like, I know we haven't talked in 15 years, but yada, yada, yada. And then the next day, they're on the, he's on the film set for this Scrooge special, and Claire just shows up. And she's like, hey, Lumpy, which I thought was funny that his nickname is Lumpy. We find out why later. It's cute. But anyway, like, she shows up and literally, like, even though Bill Murray is, like, crazy and, like, you know, he's known for being, like, ah, like, this movie, it has a few, like, really good, like, character acting, yes. like, moments. Does. And this is one of them, I think. Because, like, she shows up and, like, his whole demeanor, like, changes. And he, he like, lights up. Like, you can still, still tell he's an asshole because he's yelling at the staff while he's talking. Well, so because they keep hammering her. the set that he's like, stop hammering! Yeah, but, like, but like with her, he just completely lights up. Yeah. And you can tell that there's something in there. There's, like, a little glow of a good person. It's there. very funny because whoever Bill Murray acts opposite of, he seems to have very good chemistry with. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that has to be just like because he's just like such a character himself i feel like yeah he makes everybody comfortable and stuff but he did it in ghostbusters he did it here he's done it in many other movies that i've seen him in you know it's just because he's bill murray yeah but uh so she uh and him have this conversation she calls him lumpy uh, uh also before this we when we did go to grace's family we find out that grace's son doesn't talk Oh, yes, her son Calvin uh, is mute, and we find out why later, but basically, he, the little boy, he's probably, like, at least, like, five or six, I want to say. Yeah, around he's there. He's really young, and he apparently witnessed his father being killed. Yeah. And it's, I, I'm only mentioning this because, like, they talk about it later in the movie, but, like, they're talking to... Frank, one of the ghosts, and they're like, how did you not know that your assistant's husband died? He's like, I had no idea my how, assistant's husband died. Really? How did she you... was wearing black for a year. I just thought it was a fashion thing. Oh, it, it, it wasn't good. Um, but it, it was funny, though, but it was kind of sad. Yeah. So, Calvin doesn't talk. Grace brings Calvin to set. Bill Murray yells at Calvin because he thinks he's just a kid trying to sneak on to set. Yeah. But anyway, so... So, uh, the set falls apart. Oh, yeah, so, so, uh, Frank leaves, goes to dinner with... Preston. Preston, his boss, and this guy, Bryce. Yes. And Preston basically says to Frank, like, listen, like, this is a big deal, the Scrooge thing, like, we gotta do it right, so I'm gonna let... Yeah. I'm gonna hire Bryce to come on and help you, assist, quote-unquote. Basically, have him learn from you Mm -hmm. to... Take your place eventually. Right. But Frank is, is also very... Um, aware. Uh, very uh, hyper aware that, like, this guy's an asshole and he's trying to be out for his job. Yeah, because Bryce also brings up, oh, my lacrosse coach said... Da, da, da. But now, Bill Murray starts seeing things. Yes, because be- before this point, he had basically, like, rushed off the whole interaction with 
Uh, ghost. Oh yeah, because uh, Lou. With ghost Lou. Yeah, Ghost Lou said uh, by noon tomorrow. You'll meet the, the first ghost. You'll meet the first ghost. So noon. But he was hits. like, okay, whatever. But then he starts seeing things, and noon hits, and he just starts like losing it, basically. Yeah, like he sees an eyeball on his drink. Mm-hmm. He screams. No one else sees it. Right. He sees a waiter on fire. No one else sees it. He throws water on the guy. He makes a Richard Pryor joke. Because when that fire hit my ass, my dick went to work. <laughs> Emergency! Piss, come, do something! Keep the fire off the balls! I thought... I thought you were Richard Pryor. <laughs> it's funny, because he set himself on fire. <laughs> so he's like, he's bugging out, and now... Preston thinks he's losing his mind even more. Right, right. So he, he walks downstairs. He goes, uh, taxi, taxi. This wonky-looking taxi pulls up. Yeah. He gets in. He goes, okay, take me to back to the studio. Yeah, and he turns around, and he knows the taxi driver already knows who Frank is. And he's like, hi, bitch, I'm the ghost. <laughs> I'm the ghost of Christmas pass. Going the wrong way. Relax, Frank. Enjoy the ride. How do you know my name? I know absolutely everything, Frank. You see, I'm the ghost. <laughs> so, uh, this ghost is uh, a very peculiar gentleman. He's played by David Johansson. He basically got the role because he was friends with Bill Murray. Because this role was originally meant to be for Sam Kinison. Really? Yeah. That would have been interesting. Which would have been interesting, because Sam Kinison is very, like, ah, yeah. too. So it would have been interesting. He's very distinct as This well. guy probably costs less than Sam Kinison. I'm sure. But this guy, he has a very distinct voice, very distinct look. Yeah. So uh, it, it definitely worked for, for what it was. Yeah. So he takes Bill Murray back to his past. Mm-hmm. And 1955. 1955. We're back to the future, baby. Uh, We're going to the enchantment under the sea dance. So he goes back to his past, and we see little Bill Murray. Well, we get a little running gag where the ghost of Christmas past goes through the door, and Bill Murray can't go through the door. Oh, yeah, that was a cute little gag. And that was funny. Then he drags him through the door, and then we see little Bill Murray watching TV. While his mother watches little Bill Murray, and then his father comes home. Who's a cunt. His dad's an asshole. He's the little little Frank. He's like, Daddy, I wanted a choo-choo twain. He's like, well, that's five pounds of veal. <laughs> that's the good stuff, kid. You gotta, you gotta get a job on my own choo-choo train. And the mom's like, he's fucking four years old. Like, you asshole, what are you talking about? <laughs> I hear excuses all the time when people can't work. All day long, I listen to people give excuses why they can't work. My back hurts. My legs ache. I'm only four. I'm handicapped. I'm uh, da, 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 I'm and four. Really, like this is totally like who gives a shit. But like the mom is pregnant and she's smoking. <laughs> she's pregnant with the brother. It's the eighties. Smoking. It's well, it's the fifty second. Oh, well, it's fifty second. Yeah, like nobody gives a fuck. And then as soon as the husband gets home, he just plops down on the couch and the huge pregnant mom is just like, I'm going out. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> All right. That's great. That's that's great parents. So Frank starts like tearing up a little. They leave. Oh yeah, he like t- like breaks down basically. He's like, Oh what? You think to the to the ghost? He's like, We think I'm gonna break down and cry when I see my mommy and then like that's exactly what happens. <laughs> well then yeah, the ghost brings him out and he goes, See, I see that everybody uh, you know, 
He's like, that's not what I'm crying. I'm crying because it's fifty dollars a feel right there. Yeah, he basically has like one like solid millisecond of like humanness, and then goes right back to being an asshole. Yeah. Uh, so the ghost of Christmas past starts chastising him, going, "Frank, you've done nothing with your life. <laughs> you have. You basically you've done nothing." And Frank goes, "But well, I did this." He goes. That's Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, he keeps, like, describing, like, family scenarios, and they're all, like, from TV shows. Because, like, and the mom even says, like, in that scene uh, beforehand, she's like, you know, honey, Frank, don't uh, don't watch too much TV. You know, it'll it'll rot your brain. brain. It'll hurt your eyes. And he's like, okay, mommy. And I'm like, okay, so this is, like, obvious, like, this kid ended up being, like, president of a tv yeah. company like obviously this kid is like hooked on television because his family sucks <laughs> so that would fast forward to the tv studio um yes we fast forward to what's 68 minus 55? 13, 13 years. years so we fast forward to 13 years later where frank is working as an intern in the tv studio yes. that he's now president of and it's a christmas party right and he leaves the party to, like, go to the store for something. Well, no, because Frank's not enjoying the Christmas party. Yeah, Frank's not a like, Christmassy whatever. guy. Yeah. There's a girl who's photocopying her butt and giving it out to people. You know, Christmas cheer. And uh, around. she goes to Frank and goes, hey, Frank, we can go get Chinese food if you want. And, and like, Frank, nah, sorry. They make yeah. it with cats. Because <laughs> yeah. that's not racist. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a little... So Frank leaves the Christmas party and he starts walking. I'm walking home. I'm assuming. Yeah. And Claire opens the door and yeah, smacks we, him in the face. We get Claire in his first meeting. Claire's walking out of the store and hits him with the door in his face, and he like knocks him down. And then, like from that point on, that's how she gets the nickname for him, Lumpy. And they have like this very like cute flirty thing, and you know they're very like they're mixed up. They're like picking stuff up for each other that they dropped and all. It's all very cute. And then they go and they have Chinese food together. Yes. Uh, then, so that we fast forward to they are living together. Yeah, like a year later. They're they're living together and the ghost is <laughs> the ghost is watching Claire in the bathtub, which is a funny point. He goes, "Oh yeah, he's like turn around. There's a there's a huge monkey on that building climbing this Empire State Building." <laughs> so now they're like. Bill Murray's like, can we open one of our gifts? Like, can we open our gifts now? Because he doesn't really care about Christmas mm-hmm. still. She goes, no. It was always a thing in my house that we open one gift on Christmas Eve and the rest on Christmas Day. And she goes, didn't you have that? She goes, well, we only opened it on Christmas Eve when it would go bad. Hinting uh, about the veal. The veal. <laughs> so they opened gifts. Bill Murray bought Claire a sharp knife set. <laughs> Very odd gifts, but yeah, she gets a knife set and she gets him the Kama Sutra, which is oh, like oh baby, oh baby, Santa baby, slip a sable under the tree for me, for me, <laughs> for Bill Murray. So they they start they have a fun interaction where he's like, oh, there's something here where if I if you touch a woman in a certain place, they'll bark like a dog. She starts yeah, barking like a dog. Cute. It's very cute. But then they fast forward to Frisbee the dog. Oh, yeah. A couple years later after that, Frank is working on this, like, kid show. He's got a big, like, doggy suit on. Yes, he is Frisbee the dog. And Claire comes to, like, meet him. 
And she's like, okay, well, we're going to go to dinner with our friends tonight. And Frank's like, oh, wait, no. I just like, got invited by the president of the club. Yeah, the- to, like, sit and have dinner. Like, we have to go to that. Like, this is, you know, this is important. And it's like, she's like, no, like, but this is Christmas and we've set this up, like, forever ago. Too much like, to go with wanna- our friends, yeah. Yeah, like, and he's like, no, it's about me. And, like, she basically breaks up with him. Yeah. And it's really, really sad. And present day bill murray is sitting on the side because like he's kind of a, a observer of all this and he's just like head in hands like what are you doing like ah and it's it's really sad actually yeah and it's it's sad the ghost leaves him so he comes back to the present yeah the the ghost of christmas past basically tells him like you don't know what the fuck you want you don't know who you even are like you're and you don't know what you're doing yeah and then he leaves and frank is back in the present Yes, Frank crashes into the set of <laughs> Scrooge. Yeah, this is like the first like indication of like this movie just being a weird fever dream. <laughs> it's just like the reality of like the present day and like the excursions Frank goes on with the ghost. It's all very like seamlessly tied together. So it's just like you really don't know where you are. It's kind of like you're waking up from a dream every yeah. 10 minutes somewhere else it's very it's not it's almost like jarring but not in a bad way it's disjointed but not in a bad way because it works i guess for the idea of what the movie is yeah so bill murray is like freaking out a bit he's like no i'm like i can do whatever the fuck i want i do with it and he, he starts walking randomly right because claire gave him her card where she works yeah she works in like a homeless shelter yeah right? So he starts walking that way. We pass Elliot, who is now given blood. Oh, yes. He's like a running gag through like half the movie, Elliot, because like every like he's, you know, he's drinking and he's like depressed and like his wife leaves him. And like everywhere he turns, life is just hitting him in the face, basically. Yeah. Since he's gotten fired, it's gotten worse and worse for Elliot. But I, I would like to say, like, as the movie goes on and as. Frank, like, goes through crazier and crazier situations, it's reflected not just by his acting, but the score, Danny Elfman's score. It's got this weird, like, la 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 like, almost like the, like, the trick-or-treaters from yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> just constantly, like, la la la. <laughs> it's just, like, insane. Oh yeah, then, he, he's he's completely losing his shit though because he's he's getting more and more angry as he's going towards this thing. Right to the point where he's outside the homeless shelter. And he and goes, he know, "How do we find this place?" And it's right there. He's like, <laughs> "What's the point? It's lonely at the top. It's not lonely at the top. Oh, maybe around my birthday and at sunset. And then in a couple of weekends, it would have raised hell with even a really normal person. But that's me. I'm a, I'm a widow of business." It's my life. I've chosen it. At least I work someplace that you can find when you're looking for it. Okay, here we are now. Oh, fuck. Which gave me kind of like, like, I've been there, girl. Like, I'm not good with directions, so I understand, honey. I get you. It's okay. So he comes storming into the homeless shelter. MapQuest will soon be invented. <laughs> He's storming into the homeless shelter. He's still, like, raving like a lunatic. One of the volunteers goes, oh, we have another crazy one, puts a blanket yeah, on him. Yeah, it's fucking weird. <laughs> but then, like, you know, he kind of starts calming down. He's talking to some of the other uh, homeless, people. homeless people. And he 
he finds Claire and he talks to Claire. And for like about five minutes, he's like a, a normal human being. And he's like, I want us to be together. Like, la, la, la. Come, come with me on a date. And then Claire's like, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll come get yeah. Chinese food with you. Because that's but then, like... Things start going wrong at the homeless right, shelter. and, like, these women that work at the homeless shelter, they go to Claire, they're they like, volunteer, hey, can yeah. you help us with this? And Frank's, like, basically, like, no, fuck off. Like, I want her. No, it's about me. Like, he's a selfish asshole. He goes right back to being an asshole. And then before they get in, like, a little tiff, and before he leaves... He, like, storms out, and he tells Claire, like, fuck these homeless people. Worry about yourself. That's, yes. what, that's what your problem is. You worry about other people all the time. You need to worry about yourself. Basically. His, his, well, his quote is, because I wrote down the quote. Oh, look at you go. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to give you some advice, Claire. Scrape them off. You want to save somebody? Save yourself. What a cunt. <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah, he is really, like, that's, that line. That's a harsh fucking line, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he goes back to the set, and the guy Bryce is Has running the show, yeah. basically, and he doesn't like that, Frank, so, you know, he's, like, pissy. But then, before he can really get uh, his uh, heels in, uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present shows up, played oh, yeah. by Carol Kane, who, do you know who she is? No. She plays my uh, all-time favorite role, my dream role in Princess Bride. I'm not a witch, I'm your wife! <laughs> liar! 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 Get back, witch! I'm not a witch, I'm your wife! But after what you just said, I'm not even sure I want to be that anymore! You never had it so good. Liar! <laughs> <laughs> he said too late. <laughs> oh my god. Which means too bad. <laughs> so clearly. He's a gambler. So clearly, <laughs> he deserved to die. <laughs> Oh my god, I love her so much. So, uh, on their excursion with uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present, she beats the living shit out of Frank. Oh my god, it's a fucking weird, like, viciously violent, like, bunch of scenes. Like, I don't, it's, well, like, she, off-putting. Well, she says at one point, sometimes to get through to somebody, you have to smack them real hard in the face. Yeah. And she continuously beats the Which living snot out of Frank. Which I guess makes sense, because in his, like, things with her, they go through things that, like, Frank should already know. Like, he... he, go, he But he chooses, go, he ignores. Right, he ignores because he's a selfish prick. So, they go to Grace's family's house, yes. and they see her with her kids, including little Calvin. Yeah, she has, she has four kids, basically. Yeah, and that's the scene where, like, uh, the ghost of Christmas present explains to him, like, oh, yeah, her husband died, and the kid witnessed it, and that's why he doesn't talk. Like, you didn't know that? And he's like, no. And I'm like, okay, you're... But the kid also does something. Uh, he, like, figures out, like, a puzzle really quickly. You know, kid's smart. Why doesn't he talk? Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's it's pretty crystal clear at this point that, like, Grace is supposed to be Bob Cratchit. Yeah. And Calvin is Tiny Tim. And that comes even more into play later in the movie yes. towards the end. But we'll get there. So then, after so, they see... Well, now this is a great transition. Because this transition actually made me laugh. They're in the kitchen... And they get into, like, a little bit of a scuffle, the Ghost of Christmas present and, and uh, Bill Murray. And she headbutts Bill Murray, who falls down these stairs into his brother's house. Yes. Uh, so then they, they go to the brother's Christmas party. Oh, and then he watches his brother James open 
Frank's present, quote unquote, but it's not a towel. Oh, no. It is a VCR. A brand new spanking VCR. Oh, yes. So Grace was a little shrewdy shrewdy and bought his brother a VCR. VCR. She was like, that's your brother. You should buy him a better gift than a fucking towel, you piece of shit. (laughs) And then we learned about the shower curtain. Yes. And the brother's wife goes... Why do you invite your brother? He never comes. She goes, well, he's my brother. I yeah. love him. I want him And to they be have here. a very, like, oh, like, it's a very, it's a wonderful life kind of, like, nod. James, despite all the craziness, he toasts to his brother, Frank. And I think he says it, or one of the One of the people says it. says it, the richest man, you he's know. the richest man in town, which is a line from uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, so they're playing movie trivia also. Oh, yeah. Because so, this has to be brought up here. This yeah. will come back later. They're playing movie it's, trivia. I don't know if it's movie trivia. It's just like random trivia. But So they asked, like, what was the ship called on Gilligan's Island? And I knew it immediately. But they're all saying the wrong answer. And then Frank's like, I know this. Frank is, like, losing it. Like, I know this. God damn it. You should then, know this. And then that leads into, like, another fight between him and the fairy, the ghost of Chris. I almost said fairy because she kind of looks like she Glinda. She is a fairy. She looks of... like Glinda from uh, the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. But anyway, so they end up fighting. And. She ends up hitting him in the face with a fucking toaster. <laughs> I literally screamed out, did she just hit him with a fucking toaster? What is this? <laughs> well, then he gets hit with a toaster and is suddenly in a pipe. The bitch hit me with a toaster. Yeah, like under, like in the sewer. A, a sewer, basically. a frozen sewer pipe. And he's like, that bitch just hit me with a toaster. Yeah, and this is one of those scenes in the movie. I really wasn't expecting it because it's it's so dramatic. And he, Bill Murray does so well, like, you know, it, it, he doesn't do a lot of dramatic things, I feel like, Bill Murray. He does. He has done it. Lost yeah. in Translation, we mentioned before. Uh, Life Aquatic was more a dramatic role for him. But, um, yeah, this is like a super dramatic, like, poignant scene. Yeah, because he's sitting there, and there's this guy. One of the homeless guys. One of the homeless guys he met before. Yeah. That he kind of brushed off. Mm-hmm. Who has frozen to death in this pipe. Yeah, and it's very, like, because they focus on the frozen dead man for a painfully long time, and Bill Murray's just kind of, like, staring at him, like, hey. Henry. You're like, what? Hey. Like, and nothing. And it's, like, he just ends up, like, screaming at him, like, you moron. You jerk. Why didn't you stay at Claire's? Why didn't you stay with Claire? She would have taken care of you. You would have eaten. You would have been warm. You might be alive. You'd be a prettier color, I'll tell you that! What's wrong? Why didn't you go to Claire? Why didn't you go to Claire? Why she would have helped you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. had a warm place to stay. She would have fed you. She would have... Yeah, it was like really... It was sad, so, but he did it really well. So I was surprised. He's by himself. The ghost of Christmas presents is gone. He elbows his way through a door mm-hmm. that's kind of frozen shut and elbows his way back onto the set. Yes. <laughs> Interrupting a take. Yes. <laughs> it was quite odd. Again, fever dream. Like, what the fuck? So he's now, now he's looks and like he's, he's totally losing it. He yeah. looks like he's going completely crazy. He grabs one of the actors and is like hiding behind them. So Bryce, finally they, they get you know get him to calm down a little. They're like okay, we're gonna bring you up to your office so you yeah. can relax. And but Bryce is loving this though because he thinks that this guy oh, is going crazy and he's gonna lose his job and then Bryce is gonna get the job. Bryce is literally gonna walk into the job. So now they walk him to the elevator. And the ghost of Christmas future shows up, but not the one you expect to show up. It's the guy like who's playing the on yeah. the show. Again, you don't know what's real and what's not. It's kind of clever, but yeah, it's 
So Bill Murray like, oh god, no, don't kill me. And Grace is there and she's like, it's just a costume, sir. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? So he's he's completely looked like he's done. So then he goes up to his office and uh, he gets his present from his brother James, which is just like a really nice framed picture of them when they were kids. And it's like, oh, it's a sweet moment. And then like he he's in front of like a wall of TVs yes. which are playing like the dailies from the Our, shooting of well, the Well no show. they're playing the live show right now the show the screw oh, show Oh I thought it was I thought it wasn't on no. yet. Okay. So whatever. So they're playing something Scrooge related on the TVs and the actual Ghost of Christmas Future kind of like leers up and covers all of the screens. It's actually a really clever like shot and he's like reaching his hand out his little bony skeleton hand Through to the- yeah. To, to grab Murray, but then as soon as he's about to do that... Elliot shows up. Elliot shows up with a fucking shotgun. Oh, and Elliot is great here. <laughs> yeah, he does really good. It's, like, scary. Like, he shows up, and he's about to shoot fucking Frank with the shotgun. Yeah, so he's... And he's singing Christmas carols. Yes, it's very You better creepy. watch out. You better watch it's out. It's like that vine. You better watch out. You better watch out. You better watch out. <laughs> so he's shooting... He's trying to shoot Frank. Uh, Frank's ducking and dodging him. And he's like, I, I, I know you've had a bad day. I'm having a worse day. <laughs> he's like, I got fired. I lost. My wife left me. I lost my house. What do you mean you're having a worse like, day? all of this happened in a day? <laughs> yeah, he, he really had a bad day. Jesus. All right, so. So Frank finally escapes and yeah, falls into an elevator. Right. And then he meets the ghost of Christmas future, but he thinks it's the guy the from guy. the show, like the costume guy, um, until he opens up his, like, robe, robe, his, like, you know, like, Grim Reaper-esque robe, and, like, fucking nightmare inside. Nightmare like, souls. Yeah, ah! it's like, ah, okay. That's one not one of the other cool things about this character, because now the character, his face is a TV screen. Oh, yes, yes. And it, it like, filters on to different things. Right. But, like, so... They, the elevator moves, it opens up, he points, Frank walks down, he sees Calvin. In a, like, padded room. In an institution, Grace is, yeah. Grace is visiting him in this padded room, and he's still not talking, poor Calvin. And then they, he goes on, Frank moves on, and then he sees Claire, who looks like unrecognizable, basically. She's basically like, She's um, a debutante now. Yeah. She almost looks like, um... Like, like Yzma from uh, Emperor's New Groove. A bit, yeah. <laughs> like, just totally sunken in face. Um, and she is, like, this heartless, like, rich cunt rag. And she's like, well, the, my friend, of, this friend of mine told me that I should scrape them off and care only about myself. And this is what happened. So, and then, you know, Frank is, like, horrified. He's like, oh, no. Like, I changed like, What her. have I done? Then we fast, then we go to... The final spot. Yeah, where so this is like the quintessential like Scrooge well, yeah, thing where he, like he sees himself. Well, yeah, he thinks it's his brother. Then his brother shows up and he's like, wait, who's in there? It's me. Yeah. And he's trying to stop himself from going into the furnace. yeah. And he's like freaking out. He goes, don't let him burn me. Please don't let him burn me, Jake. Jimmy, don't let him burn me. Please. 
Sad. And then he goes in and, and scary, he transports yeah. into the casket. He's on fire. Yeah, it's like actually pretty horrifying and like heart wrenching to watch. Even though this guy is like an asshole, but you know that like deep down there's something there that's still well, yeah, because he also kind. he also goes like I-, I can help Calvin. I can help all these people. Don't you know? I get it. I get yeah. it. He he falls out of the elevator now. Yeah, and and he's like I'm alive. I'm alive. All the while, Elliot's still pointing the shotgun at him. Yeah, still being chased <laughs> by Elliot. And then, it, but he, like, Frank kind of just turns it around on him and starts, like, hugging him and kissing him. I'm alive! I'm alive! I'm alive! Milkman! And then he's like, I'll rehire you at double your salary. Oh, uh, he goes, and you'll have a corner office. Everything will you be You want wonderful. my office? I don't really like your office. He doesn't like my office. <laughs> That's so you. <laughs> and he goes, it's very like, I, it's, um, cause I read that like in this movie, Bill Murray ad-libbed quite a bit, which makes sense. Cause he's kind of like good at that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't surprise me that that is no, the case. Cause neither. I can see him with, Bobcat Goldthwait just like totally like just kind of flying by the seat of his Oh yes, but it were it's a really like good yeah crazy fucking scene, but it does the job. I it, guess. it it did the job. <laughs> he basically goes, we have to we have to go. It's Scrooge isn't over. I can do something, you know. I could do you know. So <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait and and Frank now go down to the Scrooge set. Yes, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait playing Elliot, he goes into, like, the control room. Yeah. And he basically tells them, like, because Frank goes and stops the whole show. Live on of, air. Yeah, he kind of takes over and starts starts talking. And Bobcat Goldthwait in the control room is like, nobody touch anything. And, like, he, holds the gun on them. He ties up Bryce. Yeah, he knocked out Bryce, ties him up. It's a fucking nightmare. So, this, in my opinion, is the best part of the movie. Yeah. Where Frank does his whole, like, speech yeah. on the show uh his old christmas uh tirade basically is what it is he basically just talks about how like, why like you know christmas i mean all these people work on christmas day yeah you know i like i'm an asshole but i don't want to be anymore christmas is important i see that now and Chris, like he does this whole thing about how it's a miracle, and I he wanted to be part of this miracle all his life, yeah. and now he is, and you can be too. And it's it's very, it's 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 powerful, and it's also funny, and it's also very yeah, sweet. Yeah, you gotta be good people. Yeah, he brings up Claire. Yes, he basically confesses his love to Claire on live television, and it's they cut to the the homeless the, shelter, and, and everybody's cheering. watching and cheering, and Claire's like half crying it's very cute and she gets a ride to oh yeah she runs outside and goes to the street to hail a cab and she's like can you get me to the tv studio like now and the cabbie turns around and is like yeah sure doll and it's the ghost of christmas past what do you i'll get you what floor what floor (laughs) so um yeah so he finishes out this like it's basically like fucking like 10 minute yeah. probably longer whole sequence of him making this beautiful speech yeah. and he talks about his brother and his brother's watching and he mentions <laughs> the fucking Gilligan's Island trivia question. And they all like, how does he know that? How party is like, 
how the fuck? Well, how did he know we were talking about that? It's very cute and very weird. And but he also admits that like, hey, I didn't get you that VCR. Grace did. I was gonna get you a towel because I'm a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so he goes. He goes through this whole heartwarming speech. It's like the last ten minutes of the movie. It's a great speech. It really is great. It's the best part of the movie by far. Um, he goes through all the speech. Claire shows up. Yeah, and they have this very sweet moment. He like drags her in front of the camera. And he's like, says, no, 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 no. And he kisses her, and it's very sweet. And then, so now he's he's like he's sitting there. He's like, you know, so go enjoy your family. You yeah. know, have all this. And the and Calvin pulls on his shirt, and he looks down at Calvin. He goes, "Did I miss anything, little guy?" He goes, "And God bless us, everyone." Ah, and it's the first words he said. And it's very because his mom grazes off his side, like shocked and like he, Frank picks him up he's like yeah good job kid and yeah it's very sweet Tiny Tim talks finally yay yeah. um, and then the movie ends with them all singing uh, put a little love in your heart yes which is apparently a Christmas song. I wasn't aware. Uh, well, it's putting a little... You know what? On Christmas, you got to put a little love in your heart. Oh, okay, okay. And then the end part... And you're going to think this is funny because what it reminded me of. But in the very end, he, uh, Frank <laughs> breaks the looks fourth out wall. Into, the, into the audience, essentially. Breaks the fourth wall and asks the audience members to sing the song. Like, okay, here's the men. Now the women. Oh, this side of the theater. That side of the theater. And... It reminds me of um, <laughs> Spice World. <laughs> really? Yeah, because it, I know you've never seen the classic Spice, Spice World. World, Scott. But in the end of Spice World, um, they all basically do that bit, all the Spice Girls. Like, you. No, not you. Behind you. Yeah. It's the left one. I like your dress. Do you know what? Some people are watching this on video. Is there nothing on telly then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know what they're wondering now, don't you? What happened to the bum on the bus? <gasps> Looking to the audience is like, oh yeah, I like your dress. And this, they're all talking to the audience. Uh, so, and then they they all blow up. Of all the ones, literally, no. they, they they blow up. But anyway, of all the ones that were, like. You got Deadpool, you got, uh... Yes, we have a lot of... Ferris Bueller. A lot of better examples of breaking the fourth wall at the end of a movie. I just chose Spice World, okay? (laughs) That just shows my character, okay? Don't judge me. But anyway. But it's really funny, and Bill Murray, honestly, is great. Then that's how they end the movie. Yes, I definitely... This movie, I know last week I said, like, oh, It's a Wonderful Life seems like a more, like, adult, uh... Christmas movie, like, for grown-ups, you know? And it is, in a way. But, like, this, I feel like, is even more so. Oh, yeah. Just because it's so dark, but yet the the message is very strong. Yes. Um, and it, it is very, it's a very Christmassy message, obviously, but it's it, it's also very dark oh, <laughs> yeah. movie in general. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, and, again, it feels like you just woke up from a horrible nightmare in some parts, but uh, not in a bad way. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's it, it weird. Is, it is very crazy. I feel like if you just told it like he was just a random TV exec going through this, and it was like TV-esque, but the fact that he's doing Scrooge while doing this... Yeah. 
makes it even like more crazy. Exactly. Um. Yeah, we also got uh, this random little bit. It's like there was a censor woman in there that was really weird. That was a running joke throughout. Oh yeah, they had some interesting running gags. There's this uh, this one woman that is like you know, talking to Frank in the beginning, and then she gets horribly hurt. She's basically like the Kenny yeah. uh, of South Park in this movie. Yeah, she gets beat up until the end where she she ends up grabbing mistletoe and, like, mauling Bryce. Um, yeah, while he's tied up. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, um, the, but, yeah, I think yeah. it's interesting, too, because, like, they even mention while Frank is making the speech, like, you know, oh, I'm... You know, I'm president of this company. Probably won't be president tomorrow, but who gives a shit? Yeah. And it's like it just shows like his progression. Well, yeah, in the he, beginning of the movie, he, that's all he cared about, and now well, he's yeah. just like, ah, fuck it. He's I like, care. all I cared about was my career. He goes, I almost had somebody staple antlers to a mouse to advance my career. Oh yeah, that was weird. But yeah, there's this prop guy that comes up to Frank at one point, and he's like, yeah, well, I know you said you wanted little animals in the show. I have this mouse here, but I can't get the antlers on. Maybe they won't stick. And Frank's like, put staples in them. Staples. And Claire's like, I'll call Peter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's the the progression. It's quick. Oh yeah. But it's more believable because of the whole tone is so insane. So you just think that this guy was basically driven but, crazy to the point where he's got to like wake well, up and be nice I now. I don't even think the progression is that quick because he starts to change. It seems in the beginning with the first ghost. Mm-hmm. Like, he starts to change then, and, but his dark side, let's say, yeah, is still strong enough to right. overwrite the good side. Right. So he goes backwards. For, so, like, for every step forward, there's two steps back. Come to the dark side. You know? So it took two more ghosts to kind of rattle him loose. But That's true. I Yeah. No, you're right. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed this. This was fun. Well, it's, it's a fun movie. Um... Yeah, I I love this movie. I love Bill Murray. He's honestly one of the funniest actors I think I've ever watched. <laughs> I definitely, I think I, I I like it more now after I've had some distance from it. I feel like at first I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I didn't hate, I did not like it at first. But I think after some time, like, ruminating it and letting it marinate in my brain, I appreciate it more and, like, what it did. Yeah, and it's... It's one of those movies that, yeah, it might not be the classic Christmas movie you go back and watch every now and then, but it's a fun movie. It really is. It's dark. But hey, you need a little darkness sometimes to appreciate the light. <laughs> indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So, Frankie, out of five stars, what would you rate Scrooged? I would give it a solid three, I think, out of five. Okay, okay. I'm at definitely a four. <laughs> All right, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it was fun. So we we did watch a couple of really good Christmas movies uh, for our, our Christmas specials yes. this year. Um, there are plenty of other good Christmas movies that are out yeah. there. So, I mean, well, just it, it, it's a great way to get into the Christmas. Beat. Hypothetically, so since we got, we got some time, I feel like, mm-hmm. what's some other Christmas movies for people if they want to go see it like what's some other christmas movies that you remember that you really um, love to well, watch i you know one that i want to kind of spotlight is one that we saw i think last year yeah it was a pretty fantastic christmas movie called anna and the apocalypse that is a great movie 
again, it's, it's not something I grew up with. It just came out last year, but it's a basically it's a Christmas zombie musical. Yeah. And it's pretty it sounds ridiculous when they say that, but it's pretty fucking fantastic and the songs are very catchy. It was one of those movies that was advertised really quick on Facebook and if you didn't see yeah. the advertisement on Facebook, you never would have known it's this movie out existed. For a hot second. But um it's it's out now like on DVD. I think it might actually be on Netflix or Amazon Prime, one of those. So, I mean, you can find it somewhere and, and look into it. And it's it's actually really fun. It was a lot of fun. The music's actually very good. Um, um, But, yeah, ones that I grew up with, besides uh, It's a Wonderful Life, the, the trifecta for me was always How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Charlie Brown Christmas, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I have to watch all of those. Not every, the Jim Carrey one, right? Pretty much every year. No, I do like the Jim Carrey one. But I mean, like, the original, like, Boris Karloff this. one. Um, I actually You're a had, mean one. Yes, I've actually recorded. I think I DVR'd all of them. I want to watch them like this week before Christmas because that's just my my bag. But yeah, those are like the good ones. Yeah, I I always like. And I always dug Home Alone too. Also, Home Alone. I love. I again, I love Die Hard. The Year of the Santa Claus is mm-hmm. always a fun one. I enjoy. <laughs> is that the one with the heat miser? Yes. Okay, so I know what that is. Heat miser. He's Mr. Heat Miser. He's oh, Mr. Sun. Okay. We're going to have to put the song in there to cover that. No, I'm kidding. Oh, ow. Oh, oh no. I'm just Shots kidding. Shots across kidding. the bow. You know what I just watched, um, like, the other day, actually? I'd always seen it on Netflix, um, and I'd never watched it. White Christmas. Never saw it. Yeah, I, I never either, but I've, only, I've always seen it on Netflix. And I just figured, why not? I'm in the Christmassy mood. And uh, that was what was available on Netflix. So I was like, you know, let me watch it. And it was actually really cute and fun. It's like an old, like, timey, like, Christmas movie uh, with Bing Crosby, who's like the Christmas song king, basically. Yeah. Uh, and Rosemary Clooney, who I think is George Clooney's aunt or something. It was good. It was yeah. really fun and cute. Had a lot of cute music. It was nice. There's also, uh, I also, also love Rudolph. Yes, Rudolph's the, the shit. I, I enjoyed it. Rudolph, um, and the Charlie Brown. I really like Charlie Brown a lot. I don't re- like. I I know I've I've seen Charlie Brown Christmas. I don't remember it very well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, of the Charlie Browns, the one I remember the most is the Great Pumpkin. The Great Pumpkin's fun too. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's there, there's definitely a plethora of Christmas media out there, um, and it's it's a good way to kind of get into the mood. And I know all. I mean, the- if you go on friggin' uh, ABC Family, which is now like Freeform, I think they call it now. But they have, like, a whole Christmas plethora of movies. And I know a bunch of you, whoever's listening to this, is yelling about Elf. Yes, Elf. I'm so sick of Elf, sorry, but, like, I just I can't with Elf anymore. It's overplayed. Yeah. I don't even... The same thing with, like, Christmas. I don't give a fuck Christmas story. I, I never care. really cared about Christmas story to begin with. I like, bitch, no. Fuck it. <laughs> There's only so many times that you can hear Will Ferrell go, Santa, before you want to, like, kill yourself. Every commercial. Every uh, um, but Zoe Deschanel's version of uh, Baby It's Cold Outside is nice. That I will give it. But other than that, I don't care. <laughs> so, you know, whatever you do, you know, enjoy your Christmas. We're going to take the next week off. Yes, next, because our next Wednesday is actual Christmas, so we're not going to be putting out a, a, any episode no. that day. Uh, however, feel free to check out our social media. We're going to be posting about some of our, our favorite uh, Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and then next year, because our next uh, 
podcast episode, I think will be coming out on New Year's Day. Yes. Um, we so. will be starting a new kind of series for our, our podcast. Is that all we're going to be doing? We're, we have a lot of stuff planned for the new year for Shoot the Flick, so yes. I'm actually really excited. Uh, we already have some, some potential guests lined yes, up. Yes, we actually have. Yep. So it's, it's really exciting. I'm actually really, really excited about it. I really love doing this podcast because yeah. me and Scott just love talking about movies. Like, we genuinely like to shoot the shit about movies yeah. off mic. So just doing it on mic and doing it with yeah, our just, friends and thing. family members and watching new movies that we hadn't, hadn't seen before. It's really cool and really yeah. fun. So. And you know what? Being a married couple, and I suggest this for any married couple who or anybody in a couple in general, sharing something that you've watched and you've loved or enjoyed with your significant other is great. And whether they like it or not, you get to talk about it. And I could just hear people, they think because they've been married for a few months, they're the experts on relationships. Yes, we are. <laughs> well, we were married and then we dated fucking ever. Yeah. Oh, my God. Forever and ever. Hence but anyway. being middle school sweethearts. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited. New Year's Day, we're going to have a, a, a new thing, a coming. It's going to be really cool and really boss, and I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, indeed. So, everyone, please enjoy the holidays. Don't let bullshit bother you. Yeah. Little or big. Just enjoy the holiday. Enjoy your family. Enjoy, enjoy the, the people around fuzzies. you. Yeah, enjoy it all. Try and be better just all around. Just be a little better to everybody, to yourself. Yeah. Because you know what? Why... Why live in the negativity? Exactly. And uh, start cooking up some uh, New Year's resolutions and hopefully stick to them. I'm going to try. Last year, I had the resolution to start reading more. And I read like 50 books this year. So I felt I feel really good about that. So this year, I'm going to try and do a new resolution and actually stick to it again. My resolution was to lose weight. And I actually did that. Oh, yay. We're both very productive. <laughs> So, um, yeah, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Shoot the Flick. And check out our weekly episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. And feel free, if you haven't listened to any of our old stuff, because, you know, we're going to be off for a week, check out our old episodes, watch some, uh, uh, some new movies, shoot us some suggestions. We'd love to hear them. Yeah, we would love to hear if you want us to watch, if you want us to go back into the bad movie well. Oh, yes. we there's That that well is full. We can tap a lot from that well. <laughs> if you guys want us to watch, hypothetically, let's say you you like a movie that you like, yo, well, I want to hear them talk about it. Shoot us a, shoot yeah, us a shoot movie. Yeah, shoot a tweet or a, a comment on Instagram or anything, and we will, we will uh, listen very intently. Yes. We want this podcast to grow in the new year. Definitely. So we will see you guys in 2020. Have a good holiday. And let's shoot out with Christmas and Hollis, baby. Oh, no. <laughs>